You know, you know, what I've been meditating on lately. Who? What is the power of the Home Depot? What are you going? Because uh, when the more that I think about it, it's it's more saving and then more doing. Uh huh. And that's the power of the Home Depot. I don't know. Just a theory. Yeah. I, I gotta. I have to think about it a little bit more. But I think that needs to be an episode. <laughs> talking about power though people will often talk about the power of the holy spirit yeah there you go wow what what a segue are you a police cop on a boardwalk because that was a great segue yeah thanks bro yeah do you get but- it no, not really, but it's okay. You know the segways. You ever seen them oh, with the like two wheels? I see wheel what thing? you mean. They did. See, they did use there those there. Go. That was. I don't think that was a good invention, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel like we lost a lot of respect for law enforcement that used those devices. Well, yeah. hey, if you're just tuning in, to episode thirty-one, <laughs> um, uh, the last episode we we talked a lot of game, right? Yeah, we did. We talked a lot of game about. Hey, man. There are things that the that that scripture has given us to do. That there are mandates, uh, standards mm-hmm. that are literally impossible for mm-hmm. man to do. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you do it? Yeah. And and the answer is, and always is, you know, to to collapse into the power of God. That's right. Um, and so you might have maybe maybe listen to that and say, "Wow, that's so encouraging." Um, oh boy, now what? Yeah. Uh, you know what? There, there's no practicals in, in what we just said. Um, outside of, I, I will, I will say, uh, if you are saved, mm-hmm. if you have believed in the power of the gospel, then you know what it is, what it means to completely surrender, to do nothing in order to receive everything, mm-hmm. to just to believe, mm-hmm. right? To not work for it, to not have enough faith, mm-hmm. to just to simply believe in Christ, mm-hmm. what he's done for you on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, defeating sin, in order to receive the inheritance that we share with Christ. Yes. That, that mindset, it does not end at salvation. It continues mm-hmm. throughout the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And I think too often we say, you can't work for your salvation. You cannot earn it. Okay, now you got to work really hard to be a good Christian, <laughs> right? And it's like, what in the world? Where do we lose? Yeah, I mean that that is that is why the that is why communion is so important. You pause for a second and just remember uh, how much you didn't do to receive all that you have. Yes, and then we leave that Sunday morning um, service and. We go and try really, really hard to be a good Christian. Yes, um, and try try really, really hard to resist uh, temptation. You know, and we're and we're working and we're working and working. And we're getting exhausted and yeah. we're falling into all these different things. And it's like, man, do we just forget what we did uh, that Sunday morning with communion and breaking of the bread and remembering yeah. the simplicity 
of the gospel and the freedom that comes with collapsing yeah, into the arms of our Savior. That's right, yeah. I think a big part of it is that we don't even know what the gospel is. People have turned it into a math equation, right? Death, oh, burial, yeah. resurrection, believe these things, you get your ticket to heaven. That's the state of Christianity today. But also it just shows that, that just how, re, how far we've come from understanding what it is to obey the gospel message. And yeah. so let's look right here. Let's talk about salvation, right? Uh, as Exodus chapter 14 Verse 13. Ooh, Old Testament That's boy. right, baby. Taking <laughs> us a little stroll back in the past. And Wait, you say say that one more time. No, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> check it out. All right. Exodus no, I meant, 14. I meant the reference. Okay. Exodus, <laughs> Exodus 14. 14 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear you not. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you on or show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. This is when they're at the Red Sea, before they cross, before they even know the awesome work that God's going to do to split the sea, allow them to pass on dry land, mind you, and then close it up on those faithless Egyptians that seek to oppress his people and ensnare them in sin yet again. So this is a physical picture of what God is accomplished and accomplishing right now spiritually, really accomplished on the cross. What we want to talk about today, what we're going to present, really, is the awesome news that God has done an awesome work to save you from the sin which so easily entangles you. And many people listening may have some things in mind that continually show up in their lives that is so powerful, so strong of a hold on them that they doubt whether or not they have been saved. And they're wondering where that victory and power that they read about in the Bible and that people shout about on YouTube and in podcasts like this, why they don't experience that power. And today, we want to give them the simple answer of how to have that power. Like I said, in the, in the last episode, you know, we're talking about walking in the Spirit and, and the focus for today. To tie into that, I guess you could call this a part two, mm-hmm. it's what you're doing instead of. Um, you, you know, you're, walking, you're walking in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you do not walk yes. in the flesh. Yes, let's read that. Let's just uh, and, read that. Let's yeah, let me, let me let me go. Uh, go uh, I'll go uh, Galatians Galatians five sixteen through twenty six. Paul speaking, saying, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do." But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yikes. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, 
provoking one another, envying one another. Uh, uh. It's, it's sort of like a litmus test, right? And to say, okay, does what I'm doing right now, the way that I'm walking right now, this conversation that I'm having, the way that I'm approaching this task, whether it is super spiritual or not, am I gratifying the desires of the flesh or the spirit? And how do I know? Um, you know, it's this passage. But then I think, verse 24, I love, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Mm-hmm. We have, um, or Christ has, he has taken these desires and he's crucified. That is the that is the great reminder that if we decide, oh man, the the things that I'm doing right now, that lines way more up with the with the works of the flesh than, than the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Yes. And then it's like, you know, darn it, what's the answer? And yes. the answer is, again, Christ crucified this on the cross, hmm. understanding that in a perspective, just like you do when you take communion and coming back to, wait a second, what has Christ done for me? And how how am I now living, really, really truly believing, believing this, my actions following along hmm. uh, with those beliefs? A big argument against Christianity in general is like, you guys, you know, you say you're Christians, but you don't act like Christians. You know, it's the, it's the people... It's the people in the church that make me want to fall away from Christ. And, hmm. and, and, and why can't you just say, I believe in God, and then go and live a life full of um, debauchery and, and works of the flesh? And I, and I see people do that all the time, so I can't believe in... And I'm just like, that you're describing people who, who do not believe. That's right. You can't, if you really truly believe that, uh, that a man jumped in front of you and, and took a bullet for you... Um, would you go and set his house on fire, you know? <laughs> and th- and it's like, no, you'd probably go and, like, make sure that that man is honored, right, if yeah. he gave his life for you. You yeah. know, that if you wouldn't, you would be a, you would be a, you would be a socio-psychopath. Or you're a bad but person. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but what do we believe? Yeah, you'd be a bad person. Everyone would agree. <laughs> but what do we truly believe about Jesus? We believe that Jesus, he didn't take a bullet for us. He took the wrath of God yes, for us. Yes. And we truly, truly believe that. And then we're going to go to bed with sin over and over and over again yes. and, and and reject him and run away from him. But, yes. oh, but I believe that he took the wrath of God for me. It's like, I don't know if you do, yes. you know? Yes. Um, and I'm not saying that people don't, that people don't stumble and fall and all this kind of stuff. But it is with a heart of repentance when you when we refocus on this. And yes. those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his yes. passions and desires. When we realize that again, that's what pulls us out of that miry pit, like it says in Psalms. All of these ideas, right? Taking the name of God in vain is not just about saying with your lips, uh, oh my God. I mean, that's right. not a good thing. But right. really what Scripture is talking about is taking God's name to none effect. I mean, even Paul writes to Timothy and says, let those who call upon the name of the Lord depart from sin, right? The yeah. Lord knows who are His. And yeah. so what I really would love to switch our focus to right now is, okay, we had talked about it's not a work. The way we think of receiving salvation is wrong in a lot of ways because we kind of change it, right? Okay, I'm going to receive a ticket to heaven, really is what we're thinking, by believing these facts, and then now what do I do in life? But no, no, no. As we first believed, we, that's how we should continue in Christ. And so that way we first believed is that God has promised to remove from us the reproach that he had on us. That is the disdain or the hatred or the, the, the ill feelings or the, the, the intent to punish us. He's removed that and he's put that on Jesus. So 
To shift our thinking, look at Ephesians chapter 5. This is really interesting. Verse 5, For this you know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous person, uh, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. But he says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not you, therefore, partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, or that is, you used to be darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, that is, to expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. This is something very similar to what Jesus said in John 3 to Nicodemus, where he says essentially that the person who is of God comes to do everything in the light, that what they do may be shown that it's done of God. You and I now live in this awesome journey with God where we want to see him at work in us. You could even say working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I want to see the evidence of God's saving grace at work in my life coming out of me in the things that I do and trusting in that awesome grace that covers the evil things that I have done. And so what he says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. So if we looked at Galatians 5.16, which is if you walk by the Spirit then you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. This is the promise that if we fix our eyes on the Lord and say, I'm not worried about anything else, God, I'm going to look to you every day. I'm going to live by your word like any person in this world would live by food every day. You can't go without it. All right. I need you to give me what is necessary to be good, to walk right. Okay. How's that work? I'm going to set my mind on loving others. Okay, well, what does that look like? Well, got to be long-suffering. Oh, you got to forgive. Yeah, you got to be slow to anger. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be good to other people and be gentle to other people. Wow, all right. And so that's it. The Bible is filled with all sorts of examples of how you could love people, especially weak people. But it's all summarized in this. Yes, loving one another, but it's just to give good. That's what love is. The love is the commitment, regardless of how you feel, to give good to others, especially your enemies. See, when you give to everybody, even your enemies, now you're a child of God. Something that, uh, that I've thought about a lot and I think Francis Chan said something like this. I was reading, a, I, I can't remember what book it was, but he was basically saying, uh, do you feel distant from God? Do you feel bogged down by, by, by the works of the flesh, by the devil? What's the best way to, to cure um, being distant from God? And he, he basically says, uh, get back in the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Start, start being God to other people. You're talking about loving people, but not even loving people that are easy to love, right? Mm-hmm. What is that, uh, Romans... Uh, five when he says even on someone who doesn't know God yeah, is gonna is, yeah he'll die for he'll die for someone mm-hmm. who who he loves oh yes but mm-hmm. but he says but Christ even when 
even when we were still enemies, he dies for us, mm-hmm. right? He still he loves us while we were while we were his enemies. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we get closer to God when we're in these ruts that we find ourselves in? Yes, it's be Christ to those that um, that least deserve it. That's not even that's yes. not even the word that I'm looking yes. for because no one no one deserves it. But Jesus truly, truly, he loved and died for mm-hmm. the uh, soldier who put a purple robe on him, spit in his face, and slapped him. Mm -hmm. And he died for that man, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just, I know there are people that were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. There were people that slapped him that we we will meet in heaven someday. We know that because there was a man who was reviling him and throwing insults at him. Mm -hmm. And then a couple minutes or hours later, uh, receives Jesus's love. Yes. It was just the thief on the cross that I'm, that I'm referring to. Mm. And so it's like, how do we get ourselves out of these ruts? How do we resist how do we resist the devil? How mm-hmm. do we uh, how do we get closer to God? Mm-hmm. It's what you were saying. It's to be God to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's an impossible task, but again, that is only through the power that yes. he gives us supernaturally yes. through his spirit and through his salvation. Yes. Do you have like ways that you have that you have kept in step with the spirit even yes. when the devil was was pressing on all sides. Yes. Uh, fixing my mind to suffer. Um, fixing my mind to suffer for the sake of following Jesus. That's the only way. I think it's First Peter 4. He says, mm-hmm. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men or the desires of men, but to the will of God. And we understand that if you, you can't love the world and uh, have the love of the Father in you. Um, that is the lust, the desires of our, our eyes or our flesh. That is our body. We want to feel good. Or even the pride life. I want, to, I want to accomplish some things. You have to lose your life to actually find it in Christ. And so the problem is, especially for Western Christians, we're so busy and consumed with trying to uh, follow Jesus and be comfortable in this life. We're so busy trying to comfort our flesh and be comforted in the spirit, and it just can't be done. So check this out. My whole life, I, I mean, I grew up going to church. Uh, my dad was an elder. Um, yeah, I taught the Bible. Uh, Mom, reading the Bible. You know, I read the Bible growing up, prayed the prayer like three times, right? But really, I didn't experience victory from my sin until I was about 12 years old. And then even from there, it was like so hard because we didn't even really know what the role of the Holy Spirit was. He rose Jesus from the dead. Okay, cool. Um, I didn't know anything else other than that about him. This really quickly, I struggled with uh, addiction to pornography from the age of 13. That's when it was introduced Mm -hmm. to me. Um, And uh, anxiety, pretty much as early as I can remember, wanted to kill myself almost every day. Hmm. uh, incredibly depressed uh, and would have like panic attacks, private panic attacks is the way I would call it. Um, yeah. And crazy fear. Uh, I would like hear things and see things in my room when I was growing up. Um, uh, nutso dreams and still have crazy dreams and stuff like that and even visions, but I, that's ridiculous to go into that. Uh, but, but this is what I'll say. Um, I really start experiencing total, awesome, transformative power and deliverance from everything. Uh, when I was serving at Bear Lake Bible Camp, um, 2016 is when I was just like hit with great power and then just saw it like skyrocket 
from there. And it started with uh, being let down by uh, a church, just pretty much a lot of hurt within systems. We love these traditions more than each other, and that's a big problem. And wanted nothing to do with church after that, but knew I couldn't go on not going to church for too long. But the thing that rescued me was getting rid of the commentaries. Please get rid of the commentaries. It's crazy. Learn from people who you can see in their life that they're following Jesus. And this is why. we need to learn to walk in the truth. We, we want a bunch of knowledge. We'll get into that another time. But I would meet with the Lord three times a day in the morning, in the afternoon, in the, in the evening. I would read the Bible, ask God for wisdom to understand so that I could obey in my relationship with my wife, my children, and then everybody else in the church and community. That was it. I wanted to start serving people. I knew that was about from the reading, and I was I was expecting power from God. And so that's what started to happen. I confessed to my wife issues with pornography I was struggling with, and the Lord's grace was there, held our marriage together, and uh, began to experience power and walk in victory. And then you fall. And then it's power and victory. And I experienced greater victory at any point in my life. And then from that point forward, the Lord started to reveal to me other problems in my life. You're just never, you're never just done. And so he knocked down pornography. Then it was anxiety, these private anxiety attacks, these frustrations and the worrying about money, what we're going to do for the housing and all that stuff. All that faded away um, when I started learning to give that to him and all the promises that he makes, those great and precious promises. We've got to rest and rely on that. A number of things. But now, where I'm at now, and continue to experience great victory and power and moving forward and teaching others to walk in that same victory is memorizing scripture with a purpose of meditation. Memorizing scripture with the purpose of meditation has just changed everything. Yes, I read the Bible every day. I listen to the Bible. But Paul told Timothy to give himself wholly to reading and to preaching, exhorting, and to, I can't remember exactly how he puts it. That's something else I can memorize. But um, that was really powerful to me. And so I've been going through First John, memorizing that, you know, yeah. for the purpose of obeying. Man, you can't, you can't go wrong when the Word of God's in your heart. In fact, that's what Scripture tells us, that yeah. Satan can't take a hold of us, First John 5, because the Word of God abides in that person, and they keep themselves uh, from sin. And so that's yeah. really it, is I want yeah. God's Word to come into me so that I can walk in love towards others. And when I commit myself to obeying His commandments yeah. um, and love towards other people, that is love to Him. That's living Shema, and, and we're untouchable. We're invincible. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> that's why I said all that was just so you could think that was awesome. I'm not even going to publish this. I'm just going to listen to this when I go to sleep. <laughs> it's just for me. Yeah. Yeah. But that, it really, for real, it'll go into everything else we talk about, which is when we all start walking this way towards one another, who cares what church building you go to? Yeah. Who cares what uh, preachers you're listening to? Uh, what people around you will say is, well, how are you doing this? And then you can yeah. tell them about Jesus. That's what witnessing yes. is. It's sharing yes. about what you've seen, heard, and experienced yeah. and knowing Jesus yeah. Christ. They will know me by your love yes. for one another. Yeah, yes, I mean, that's, yes. that's... Then we're one in that love for each other, and then people are like, yeah. I know Jesus was sent. Awesome. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Satan doesn't yeah. want that. And, and want why that. will they know you by your love for one another? Because your love for one another stems from your love for God. And that's so right. It, so it just... That's right. It automatically reflects that's God. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He gets the glory... And yeah. Even if people rest. don't know it, but then you can then you can explain it, and then it all mm-hmm. it all just it all mm-hmm. clicks. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a it's a beautiful thing um, to be in community where the love of Christ 
uh, is reflected like the moon reflects the sun. Yes. And it's just impossible not to see because it's so bright. Yes. Living Shema is produced by Benjamin Foote and Carl Wellborn Jr. Our intro and outro music was produced by Jason Vaughn. If you have a question, comment, or quip, please contact us via email at livingshamaofficial at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.